What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, Episode 9. My name is Christian Brady. I'm here with Matt Tiart, and we're happy to bring this podcast to you. Matt, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. This has been a morning. Oh, man. Matt was I, trying to get on the cat bus for like 45 minutes. So, Christian texts me. We booked the room from 9 to 11, and he texts me at like 8.50. He's like, I'm walking there now. And I live off campus. So I was thinking, all right, I'll just throw a hat on and I'll drive there. But my mind was thinking, I'm going to pick you up for some reason. So, like, I wasn't accounting for the fact that I would have to go parking, commuter parking, wait for the bus. So I get there at, like, 9, 10, and both buses are, like, out of service, meaning, like, both drivers are... Pulled Going over. to the bathroom, yeah, pu- like pulled over, eating an egg and cheese. Exactly, <laughs> and there's only two buses on that route, so I had to wait there for 30 minutes. So I put on my snap story when you tell Christian to be there at nine, and you walk in at 9:40, and I walk in, and he just starts shaking his head. <laughs> he got me some coffee though. Yeah, so. I did. Shout, I, God, I sound horrible. Anyway, so there's this thing right going on on Twitter right now, Matt, about whether to recline your seat. On the plane, have you seen this? Yeah, I have. Where do you stand on this? It's her fault, dude. For rec- reclining the seat? Yeah. So here's the thing. I never recline recline the seat because I don't want to inconvenience anyone behind me. But also, like, the seat does recline. And it only reclines, like, three inches. So the guy should not be punching the back of no, the seat. No, no. So his actions aren't warranted. For right? anyone who hasn't seen it, there's a video circulating on Twitter of a guy, like, playing like Clash of Clans on his phone or something and he has his like eyes pretty much closed. Now here's the thing he's, he's all the way in the back seat so yeah. his seat can't recline and he's like ah. shoved up against the wall okay. right and she leans back she's the second to last row so her chair can lean back but his can't. So, so he's she upset leans, he's upset. Like at this I point don't, it's a normal story. Yeah but my like his point of view is I don't have any room to begin with because I'm in the worst of the worst seat and now you're going to recline. Okay, yes. No, I agree. I don't like him punching. Yeah, so he punches the back of the seat repeatedly and the lady takes out her phone and starts taking a video of him because the guy just has his head leaned up against the back of (laughs) of the seat. Just, yeah, literally just rabbit punching the seat in front of him. Yeah, this is a hockey podcast. Yeah, I don't think you should recline your seat because you have to be, you know, cognizant of the people behind you. But also, if you do do it, expect someone to be like, hey, can you move your seat up? Like, I don't have any room. But also, like, if you're the guy punching the seat, it's like, well, the seat does recline. So they have the right to do it. This is immature and immature. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a snowball. It's a she reclined. He starts punching cheat seat wow she starts recording like it's just yeah a mature person would just be like hey can you please move your seat up or hey stop punching my seat Mm -hmm. right and then they have a discussion yeah who knows what happened before exactly yeah so all right that was a good start yeah now we got some depressing stuff but yeah so st blues uh st louis blues defenseman jay bowmeister Collapsed on the bench on Tuesday night. Uh, it was called a cardiac episode, 
There's a video of him just sitting on the bench after like an uneventful shift from what I hear. It was sort of in the beginning of the game. And he leans over to grab a water and he just collapses onto the floor. And he actually had to be revived by arena medical staff and uh, team trainers, which is unbelievable. They didn't have to use paddles, but they had him there. But they didn't have to use paddles. They got him out with CPR. And he was, he was just alert then on the way to the hospital. But they still don't know what caused it. What ha- what tends to be like with Rich Peverly when this happened, if you remember, it tends to be like they have some latent condition that they just don't know about, and then once something like this happens, they have to go in, have a procedure sometimes, or maybe just be more cognizant of what you have to do to treat something like this, and then it, hopefully it won't end up being a problem in the future. So the thing I can say is it's got to be stress-induced, right? Like what mm-hmm. other... He was going to reach for a water. The game is, like, this is a point we're bringing up. The game was tied at one, Mm -hmm. and they ended up postponing the game and just saying, like, we're not going to finish the game while this just happened. The Blues, like, were visibly shaken up over it. Like, guys had tears in their eyes, which, I mean, this is one of your teammates, like, basically your brother, and he's sort of like a dad to some of those younger guys. Him being the elder statesman that he is. Yeah, and good on the Ducks yeah. for saying, I mean, because they could have pushed the issue and right. said, the Blues we're said, gonna take a we can't play the rest of this game, and Anaheim had the right to say, okay, then we win. Yeah. But they said, no, we'll play it another time. Yeah, and after the game, they were hugging Blues players, yeah. like asking if they needed anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is silver lining of a bad situation. Was, right. It was right. handled very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we hope the best for Jay Bo Meester. Oh, he's a he's been around forever. He's, and he's a an stud. incredible player. Yeah, Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, as far as hockey goes, that would be devastating to lose him for a long time. He's a rock on their defenseman. Yeah, on their D line. But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we're looking at like five weeks or something, and he can come back and play. But who knows? I honestly, it doesn't look good when you have something as scary as this. I mean, your hot take at the beginning of the year was the Blues ain't making the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. If they, or when they do, they need him. Mm-hmm. So, prayers yeah. to Jay Bomeister and speedy recovery because we love, we love his game. So. Yeah, we do. I'll move on to Shea Weber, who is out with a lower body injury. He did not play Wednesday night at Boston, and he will not play tonight at Pittsburgh. Uh, it was a road trip that he didn't make. According to Bob McKenzie, the original timeline was one week, but it now seems like that's not really going to happen, and there's some speculation that they're evaluating some further action, like do they uh, go for a procedure or do they start rehab? So if that's the case, then we're probably looking at like a month here at yeah. the least. We talked about this uh, off right before we started and I want to bring up their schedule because if he is out more than one week their next four games are Penguins Stars Red Wings Capitals so Red Wings they could probably do without but the Stars are pushing Mm -hmm. playoffs hard the Penguins are red hot and the Capitals are still top three team in the league yeah you cannot not have your best player yeah. for these big games. it looks games. like they're not going to. Which, Especially because they're treading water. Right, and they're going to be playing catch-up even more. They already are playing catch-up, but they're going to be doing it even more if he's out for an extended period of time. Yeah, for sure. So, for their 
sake, hopefully he's not because they really need every single guy on that roster right now to make a push. From what I hear in Montreal, it's like the first time in a while where the fans have sort of stepped back on this little slump they've had for the last couple of years of not making the playoffs. It's the first time where the fans have like taken it all into consideration and said, all right, well, with the guys we got, like they're working hard, they're treading water, but something tells me if they lose Shea Weber for a while and they don't make the playoffs, then it's going to be a firestorm in Montreal. Yeah. I mean, this team is so historic. And they just, I mean, they haven't won a cup since 93. Yeah, they haven't really been good since 2010. Maybe a couple times. Yeah. I mean, when your goalie's your best player and it's not even close, mm-hmm. there might be an issue there. Yeah, because right? we talked 20, about that. I used 2010 because that's basically when the Carey Price era began. Before that, he came into the league. Yeah, but, but they weren't his even. reign of dominance is since then. And his entire career, he's been supported by subpar teams they weren't even really that good that year they were the eighth seed Mm -hmm. in the east and they beat the capitals in the first round yeah so i mean the capitals usually choke in the playoffs but they were the eighth seed so that just tells you that which means they were the one seed yeah even when they were good they weren't good Mm -hmm. right so Gosh, I am so tired. I'm going to stutter all this entire episode. Can you imagine, Matt, if Carey Price were on a team like the Capitals or even like a team that treads like Toronto, a team that's perennially perennially pretty good, but if they had a goaltender like that who literally changes every single game he plays in, can you imagine the kind of success he would have had anywhere else? Because we'll take it this way, too. Montreal didn't have Carey Price. Where would they be right now? Probably nowhere. Oh yeah, they'd be awful. I think. When you brought up that hypothetical, I immediately thought the Penguins. They, they won back to back. They probably would have won five in a row. Yeah. Right, because we talked about them potentially being team of the decade just because they won in '09 and then their success right, throughout so, the decade. Uh huh. And that's kind of because Flurry was battling with injuries, right? And then they brought in Matt Murray, and who was a phenomenon for two years, and then kind of yeah, kind of died off anymore. Yeah. Whereas Carey Price, he's been riddled with injuries too, but when he's healthy, it's not even close. But he's the, the best goal. Yeah, and the thing is, Carey Price, if he started there in '09 and they won that cup with him, they would have won eight more, four more. <laughs> yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, Carey Price is unreal, and obviously, like. Uh, he's he is Toronto. He is Montreal. How do yeah. we get into this? I don't oh, know. Shea, Shea Weber. Weber. Anyway, they need. We've Shea, seen, that's the thing. They need Shea. Weber. We've seen flashes of the old Carey Price this season, and I love it. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's still good. He's still got it. Anyway, they're gonna need Carey Price to play like. 2014 Carey Price. Yeah, and if Claude, they're going to make the playoffs, Claude that's kind of what we were trying to say. Yeah, Claude Julian said last night or Wednesday night before the game in his press conference, they asked like, "Is it same old, same old? Are you riding Carey Price again in the playoffs?" He's like, "We are going to do everything we can to make the playoffs," which means Carey Price is playing almost every night <laughs> from here on out. Good luck. And he just straight up said that. All right. Yeah, which is, it's not crazy, but it's like. I don't know. Well, the guy, a guy who would have, I mean, 
he probably still is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but mm-hmm. say he's not riddled with injuries, he could be up there with Best the greats. Ever, yeah, yeah. Or if his team ever had any success, <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. All right. Uh, Seth Jones out eight to ten weeks. Yeah, this but is the official word. This is the official word coming in after they released an indefinite timeline. Uh, reports are that he had ankle surgery. The diagnosis is unknown, but he's out definitely t- eight to ten weeks now, which is an enormous loss for Columbus because they're a team that is surprisingly in the playoff hunt right now. But it's because of guys like Jones and Wierenski on the back end, which create offense from the blue line and beyond. And Seth Jones is like, I think he's the captain of the team. Am I right in that, or is it Cam Atkinson? No, it's Felino. It's still Nick Felino. Yeah. Either way, Seth Jones a leader. He's now he's this new NHL veteran type that's coming in where it feels like all of these guys started like four or five years ago and are still like we think of them as super young but they're still like veterans in the in the uh, locker room yeah which is an enormous asset for any team a guy like Seth Jones who can still who's still playing at his highest level he's in his prime right now but he can still lead and has a little bit of experience i don't even think he's in his prime yet like he's Probably 25 not. yeah he's young and Rorensky's 22 or 23 yeah. so those those are the two guys that columbus actually didn't lose right in the off season and they're gonna ride him pretty hard for the next couple of years rightfully so because they're both just studs and they're yeah. both on the u.s national team but the thing is eight to ten weeks puts jones at what that's two and a half months if it's ten weeks it's february that puts them right at the playoffs yeah so, so they um, and what stinks is they're one of the hottest teams in the league mm-hmm and so. a lot of it is due to Seth Jones. He's an incredible player. So you can't understate how big a loss. I mean, I can't even name anybody. I'm looking. I pulled up their lines. Other than can't overstate how big of a loss. Dubois, Bjorkstrand. I named Felino, but he's not that good. Uh, <laughs> and he's on their first line. Yeah, Cam Atkinson, but he's hurt. And Rorensky, like. Mm-hmm. What? Where are the studs? Exactly. Where's this coming from? It's John Tortorella. I'm not going to disagree with you. Torts is a he's a hell of a coach. Yeah, he's a heck of a coach. Yeah. All right. He's he's doing the impossible with this team. But Seth Jones out eight to ten weeks. That is not ideal, obviously <laughs> for them. So we'll see how that plays. The out. question is, I mean, we talk. We're going to talk about it again. But do they go all in? Again no. at the deadline because they're only one point out of the third spot in the yeah, Metro. N- I don't think they do, and here's why. Last year, their GM got crucified for the absolute gong show that he had at the uh, the trade deadline, literally trading away his entire, almost his entire future for a shot at the cup. And they didn't even they didn't get a shot at the cup at all. They they made s- they made history. I'll yeah, put that in quotes. They did, which is cool, but that's not what you're going for. You're not nope. you're not going for the most impressive first round win ever. You're going for the Stanley Cup, and that's they didn't get that. And I think now they're in a position going forward where they're like, our team is good right now. Imagine what it's going to be in two years when some of these guys come into their own, and we're we can build around this young core that we have. 
it would be I think it would be stupid to try to deal off any of those guys to make it happen now when you know it can happen like four or five years in a row in the future. I don't disagree with and, you. My but, only point is okay. they have twenty million in cap space right now, today. Which means a lot of I I know for a fact there's several teams that are gonna want to dump contracts near the deadline and Columbus would be like here take this cheap player we'll take one of your guys that you know has a decent contract because they can afford it like PK Subban maybe Ew. well but Seth Jones is out here's the thing Matt they have 20 million right now I think anything over like 8 million at the deadline is like the same it basically means you can do whatever you want at the deadline. Yeah. So the fact that they have $20 million is just gravy. Here's a list of some free agents this offseason. Taylor Hall, Braden Holpe, Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug, Mike Hoffman, Chris Kreider. Those are guys who are looking for big tickets. A lot of them would fit well in Columbus. I think they should be more concerned with what they do this summer than what they do at the deadline. You don't build a future at the deadline unless you're selling. Oh, for sure. You can't buy a future at the deadline. You buy an immediate future. You buy a chance at the cup when you, or a chance at the playoffs when you buy at the deadline. So I don't think that they do that. I think that, especially last year with like almost dooming his team for a while and whatever one thought was dooming his team for a while, either he knew better or he just got lucky because this year they're awesome with nothing. But I think they should be more concerned with what they do this summer. I think you should learn from last year and say it, sometimes it's better to just sit back and let it play out. If they make the playoffs, it's playing with house money because we didn't think we'd be anywhere close here. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we literally said Ottawa, Columbus, loser goes to the AHL. Ottawa's proven us right, but yeah, Columbus exactly. yeah. might make the playoffs. Look, you changed my mind. I agree with you. My only two cents I'm going to add is Seth Jones is out. You have the money. Maybe go get a rental just to fix that hole because mm-hmm. that's a huge hole. You're not going to fill it, but you could repair some of the damage because he's your number one guy. Yeah. And a big part of this that we haven't mentioned yet is Elvis Merzlikens, who literally is now getting Vezina buzz. People are saying if he continues to start at the level he's at for the rest of the season, he'll be unequivocally, without a doubt, the Vezina winner. Suck it, Bob. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bobrowski's in Florida. I mean, they're good, too. No, they he, are good. He's but... playing well. But, yeah, they're not missing a beat without Bobrowski. Well, they're 4-5-1 both... and one in the last 10, Florida is, so. So. Trouble, yeah. trouble in paradise, literally, because yeah. they play in southern Florida. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm getting off track. But. What you lose with Bobrovsky is the next four or five years knowing he's going to play well. But what they've gained in their two goalies this year, and Anderson and Merzlikens, is better than what Bobrovsky gave them last year. Yeah, I agree. Which is unbelievable. And it's the reason they are where they are, or at least a big reason. Speaking of young goalies, yeah, go Jerry. Or Jari. Yeah. I mean... On NHL, he's like a 63 rating. No one's ever heard of him. <laughs> and now he was at the All-Star game, and there's conversation of him starting over Matt Murray in the playoffs. Yeah, and right now they're basically splitting time, which 
there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But it's tough going forward because typically you just pick a goalie and ride with them in the playoffs. Yeah. And there has to be some truth to the reason you do that is because guys get in a rhythm. And when you take a goalie and you put them in, take them out, they don't really get in that headspace. I don't think maybe maybe I'm wrong. If an NHL goalie wants to reach out with me and let me reach out to me and let me know what it's like to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs, then do it. But I don't think they can just continue to switch off. I think right now it's literally like a tryout to see who plays in the playoffs because they're going to get in. And both those guys are uh, Matt Murray is proven in the playoffs, even though. Him and Flurry kind of split times on the second year, right? Because yeah. Murray was – he had taken over, but he wasn't very good. No, Murray got hurt. That's right. And then Flurry was playing lights out, so yeah. they just mm-hmm. they just stuck with him mm-hmm. until he lost, and then they put Murray back in. But right. Flurry right. Flurry beat the Capitals, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, But Jari is – it's so hard because Jari's playing far better. But you trust Murray in the playoffs because he's been there. And you don't really trust Jari, who has never been anything but a backup goalie until right now. So I say it's the same situation. And Rutherford knows what he's doing. I say let Jari ride until he makes a mistake. Because that's what the Capitals did in 18 when they won the Cup. Started mm-hmm. Grubauer. He lost first two. All right. Holpe. Yep. Been there, done that. Right. And he yeah, goes I, on to win the Cup. So. Yeah, it's definitely comforting having... Knowing that you have a, a backup plan on the bench. A two-time Stanley Cup champion <laughs> yeah. to just yeah. come in. Not bad. Yeah. Okay, speaking of the Pens, good segue. John Marino's out. Well, I, I say good segue like I'm bringing good news here. <laughs> John Marino took a slap shot to the face. Yeah, definitely not good news. He got facial reconstruction surgery. He probably looks way better now. Um, he's out three to six weeks after that. Look. Toughen up, okay? <laughs> Char broke his jaw, played the next night, right? So. Same thing, shot to the face. Which, how did a shot get up there? Who knows? Oh, yeah, Chara, he's like <laughs> nine feet tall on skates. No, it's a flicked off a stick. Well, someone brought out their nine iron. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, John Marino. Never heard of him, but, you know, it's all good. Um, yeah, he's like a sixth defenseman for them. Pittsburgh's playing well, and they're, I mean, it's not like they're D- is anything to rave about. Yeah. That's actually their weak That's point. their weakness right now. That's what they're going to look to build on. So we talked about this uh, before the show. Let's just bring it up again. Mm-hmm. They need – they're probably going to need some more depth, right? So do they make – do they make a trade at the deadline maybe for a, a fifth a fifth or sixth defenseman, not mm. anybody expensive, somebody who's not a liability – Right, somebody who can handle right. the puck. Nothing, no John Carlson. Yeah, yeah. You think I that's think, a smart I think move? They, yeah, I think they do. I think it's a smart move, but I also think they do that. Because say it is six weeks, mm-hmm. you're pushing April. Mm-hmm. Some of the best deadline moves are not the let's trade for Taylor Hall. It's like last year when uh, really Don Sweeney. Thank. It's early. Dabo Sweeney. It is early. Don Sweeney for the Bruins brought in Charlie Coyle at the deadline. And Mojo. Yeah. And, and they, were the two, they were the two best players And they in the were playoffs. the two best players for rounds two and three. Yeah. We, Which Capos, are moves that, like, originally people were like, because it's the same story every year 
we need a guy who's going to play with David Krejci like a big name. He's going to step in there and play a while. All right. And then Don Sweeney. Don't spoil it. Don Sweeney didn't do that, and people are like, what are you doing? Like, Charlie Coyle hasn't scored a goal in like five and a half years. But then he comes in, scores like three goals in the playoffs. Marcus Johansson was unstoppable in the playoffs. The guy can wheel. Yeah. And he's having a good year on, on Buffalo this year, too. But it's moves like that where you bring in guys that nobody would really think of. Those are the moves that really get you over the line. It's not like, let's go get P.K. Subban and pay him $8 million yeah. to not play in the last minute of a game because you don't trust him. Capitals did the same thing when we won the Cup. We bought him Michael Kempney. And right. Chicago is, like, about to cut him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he revives his career, put him on the line with Carlson, and after we won the Cup, he was up for contract, and Carlson's like, I'm not signing unless we re-sign my, my D-man. And they did. So. There you go. And now he's on the first pairing with yeah. the best defenseman in hockey. Yeah. So, so it worked out pretty story? well for him. But let's get back to John yeah. Marino. Uh, this sucks. Yeah, that hurts. Ow. <laughs> we wish him the best. But from a hockey standpoint, Pittsburgh probably needs to bulk up that D. Yeah. Especially for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. This one's huge. Yeah, Connor McDavid, two to three weeks with a quad injury. He's calling it a Charlie horse. He skated you know, on Monday at practice and then decided he couldn't go. And from that, they said two to three weeks out. What that tells me is he's in a lot of pain, but he wouldn't be making anything worse by playing on it. It's like uh, it's like Miracle. Oh, yeah. When Doc says he's got a deep contusion, he's out for the night, and he's like, can he go? If he plays, is it going to make it worse? That's what Herb says. Yeah. And the doc says, well, no, but he's going to be in a lot of pain. Then he goes in and calls him a pansy. Yeah. Yeah. And he says a leg bruise is a hell of a long way from the heart. I am a hockey player. So, but it's Connor McDavid. You want him healthy because he's the best player. Right. He might be the most talented player to ever play hockey. Mm -hmm. Like, am I way off on that or? No. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) This is another guy where you can say, what if, like, what if he played for the Penguins? I don't know. I don't know if he'd fit though, right? Because like well, Edmonton's Crosby, perfect yeah. because he can run the show he's right a, away. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he just runs the show. You can't put him with like. There's something stars. to be said about that for sure. Yeah, I think Edmonton's a perfect spot for him. Yeah, especially with how well Drysaddle's playing on the second line. Yeah, that's huge. Right, they needed to build around him, and hopefully they do it. You just you look at these first four years, and you're like, even this could have been incredible. <laughs> like, this is a generational talent. You could have built a t- cup team around him in a year. That's what everybody thinks is like a waste of the first four years, but realistically, the guy's going to play nine more years and at a high level. Yeah. So they got time to string together a couple teams for that guy. I mean, in 2030, we're probably still going to be talking about how good Connor McDavid yeah, is. Yeah, we're going to be talking which about... Which is insane. We're going to be talking about Connor McDavid's the first guy to challenge Alex Ovechkin's goal record. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> Ovi, they keep asking him about 700. They keep moving all the Capitals games to primetime yep. NBCSN. <laughs> they did it again. They yeah. did it again yeah. last night. How frustrating is that? Like, I love it because... Now being in South Carolina, I don't get to watch the Capitals game, like the home broadcast, but they asked him, now that you're on the road, is it less pressure to get to 700? He's like, whatever. He's basically like, shut up. We're on a three-game skid. We're trying to get back in the win column. I don't care about my goals. That's Mm -hmm. a captain. Mm -hmm. But it's frustrating because it's going to come, 
The 700's gonna come. Just let it happen and then celebrate it after the fact. Because all right, week, right. they won't shut up about OV road to 700. <laughs> so, yeah, he's two goals away. Yeah, he's still at 698. And I feel like all this hype is like, it's like he doesn't even want to get it anymore because mm. it's... <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. No, it's not that. <laughs> but I'm saying it's just, you can obviously tell every time someone asks, him he's just frustrated yeah like, yeah he doesn't want to keep talking me. about it yeah. yeah and i definitely understand like that. our team just lost three in a row let's figure out what's wrong with us so freddie anderson sorry that was that's, a tangent no but. that's fine freddie anderson goaltender for the toronto maple Leafs. he was out about three weeks with a neck injury he did return last night didn't play well well the stat line says he didn't play well i didn't see the game so who knows how it went but he had 16 saves on 19 shots. The team lost 3-2. Okay. They outshot something like 31 to 19. So it sounds like Toronto outplayed them, and they just, for whatever Who'd reason. Who did they play? Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, so Freddie, he skated on Tuesday morning before the Arizona game and decided that he couldn't dress. So kind of a weird thing. Neck, obviously, super important. I really don't know what he did. I have no But he hurt clue. his neck. Hopefully it's not like one of those nagging things where he's just going to play through it and every game it's going to get tight and it's just going to be an issue for him going forward. Well, if the playoffs started tomorrow, they would have to play Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, after making such a statement, like it echoed in this room, they have to play Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. It literally strikes fear everybody's, into your heart. Yeah, everybody's going to have to be healthy. And even then, you might get swept. <laughs> I mean, or or you uh, could sweep them, and they could just lay an egg again. If they lay an egg again, Cooper's gone. Kucherov's getting traded. They might sell the team, <laughs> right? You would have to after back to back embarrassments like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be bad. But I don't. It's think not going to happen. I don't think they would go full nuclear, and I don't think it's going to happen either. It's not going to happen. All right. Yeah, but recovery to him, of course, speedy recovery, because he's a heck of a. I trash him a lot, but he's a good goalie. Yeah, he's so. great. He just burns out easily. Yeah. So hopefully him and Jack Campbell can split for the rest of the year, which brings up my next point. Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford were traded to Toronto for Trevor Moore, 2023 round pick and 21, 2021 third round pick from L.A. So those will probably be good picks. Yep. Um, they're not conditional, which is always interesting because the NHL has like 50 conditions on every pick. Yep. Like – Taylor Hall, the Taylor Hall trade, Arizona doesn't have to give up their pick because they're good this year. Or no, they do have to give up their pick Yeah, because they're good. Yeah, it was also weird. It's like, yeah, it's insane that all these conditions, like if Ovi eats a <laughs> ham and cheese sandwich on Tuesday night, <laughs> then you get my second round pick. What? Yeah, it is. It's always so weird. But there's no conditions on these picks. <laughs> and the reason I bring that up, Jack Campbell played three games in a row after coming in. He literally flew in and played that night because... And he won. Because uh, Michael Hutchinson was literally a joke when he stepped in for those <laughs> couple weeks that, Take that it Anderson easy, was out. I know. I feel bad for him because he's put into a bad situation where he steps into a situation where his team really <coughs> needs him. And they need to start winning games because they're teetering on that line right now. Yeah. And he just steps in and he lays an egg four nights in a row. Has like a 500 save percentage. 
I mean, thankfully, like looking at the standings, they're in third right now. Yeah, thankfully, they, the Panthers haven't been playing well because Panthers are still only two points behind them. Yeah, and the then Panthers there's a, and Canadians have both been bad. And then there's a 13-point gap between the Lightning and a 14-point gap between the Bruins. So it's Bruins-Lightning going for the yeah. President's Trophy at this point. I mean, the well, Capitals are Caps, still. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, right now, those two teams are just going at it. And definitely it's those insane. two teams are first and second in the Atlantic I mean, at this point. Oh, my gosh. Bruins 8-2 and two in the last 10. Well, we're talking about the Lightning later, but gosh. I just love good hockey. I don't want to. Nobody wants to see the lightning right now, but it's just awesome the fact that they were, they were just bad. I mean, underwhelming, bad at the beginning of the year. We were talking on our Thanksgiving break. You were like, Thanksgiving's kind of the benchmark, and Toronto or Tampa wasn't even in. No, neither of those teams were in. Thanksgiving was such a bad indicator this year. (laughs) It's not even funny. And Tampa is like. Gonna win the president's trophy. Now that being said, Washington and Boston have been the best two best two teams since like two weeks into the since season. sliced bread. Yeah, well, that's not what I meant. But yeah, but all season it's been them two. Yeah, it's, it's so. If let's talk about this. If you're Toronto and you have this Boston Bruins problem that you've had for like five, eight years, counting now, where they just can't get past Boston in the first or second round. Do you want to face Boston or or Tampa in the first round? Because basically that's your choice right now. It doesn't matter. You have to go through death road anyway. Yeah. Because if you're third, you face Boston or Tampa in the first round. Yeah. If you win, you get Boston. So that's it doesn't a, matter. If it ends today, yeah. Yeah. So wh- who cares? Which is so dumb, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because NFL, you get the worst seed if you're mm-hmm. the higher seed. Which is what it should be. Yeah. Because, like, in March Madness, the 14 seed beats the third seed. Then the 14 seed gets the, like, 9 seed. You're like, whoa. What? And that's why you, you see, like, all these magic runs is because they already beat the 3 seed, so the 9 seed's, like, nothing to them. I mean, on paper, they're still yeah. better. but The NHL thinks that people watch hockey for the rivalries. And while that's fun and it honestly has created one between Boston and Toronto which really didn't exist before, but now that they meet so much in the playoffs, it's like a, a true rivalry. I look which forward... Which is cool, but let me finish this. Okay. The thing is, like, most of the hockey-watching community is like every other sport in that it's stars-oriented. And if you're not from a place that's literally eight minutes away from an arena, then you have a guy that you like for whatever reason, and then you cheer for that guy. So what they should realize is that it doesn't matter who plays each other in the first round. Just make it fair. Or second round. You shouldn't have to go, like you said, through death row. Like Toronto's probably going to have to do in this. I mean, right now it looks like that's a certain a, a certainty that if they win the first round, they're going to get the first best team and the second best team. So the, the three the best season. teams in the league are the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Capitals. Hypothetically, Toronto would have to go through all three of them just to get to the cup final. Think about who like the top five teams are right now. It's Boston, Tampa, uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and then who? St. Louis is the first one from the West. So that's it. Uh, for 
Avs. Avs and Islanders are tied for fifth. <laughs> yeah. So those are four out of five are from the Metro. I or, mean, are from the East. Yeah. Sorry. Which is crazy. I mean, we've talked about so, this before. Which, and what that creates is the third spot in each of the Metro and the Atlantic are going to have the toughest road, even though they're probably like the eighth best team in the in the league, and 16 teams make it. Yeah. I mean, we had this discussion yeah, before. Yeah, we talked about this so long before. It's amplified this year because everybody in the East is good. Is good. And better. But it's still, you sh- like, everybody in the East is good. You still have the problem of the top four teams are just way better than everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. How do we even get on this? We were talking about a trade. Anyway, Hutchinson's been a disaster, and Jack Campbell came in, went 2 0 1 in his first three starts, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, good for him. And Toronto needs that. And again, Kyle Clifford, he's no slouch. No. He's, uh, He's been around for a long time, won a cup with the Kings, kind of a tough guy, and I think that's what they need. Yeah, this trade for Toronto was like. The kind of thing where, like, it makes so much sense that you don't think it's going to happen. Where it's just like what they need in that moment, which is about a week ago now, we need a good backup goaltender and some toughness. Those are the two things they've been looking for the entire season. And then one fail swoop, they just get it. And they don't really give up that much. Yeah. I like this trade for Toronto. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about the big trade that happened last week. Jason Zucker to the Pens for Galchenyuk, Addison, and a 2020 first-round pick. Wow. Yeah, Zucker has three years left after this year, and Galchenyuk is a free agent. So, first of all, they traded Galchenyuk for Phil Kessel to Mm -hmm. start the season, which was more of a drama in the locker room and cap thing for the Penguins with Kessel. Galchenyuk, when he first got there... Rutherford and Sullivan said we're going to try our best to make it work with Galchenyuk. We know he's a top six guy, but we kind of don't have room for him in the top six, which is true. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move him around, see how it works. Obviously it didn't because they traded him. This I love this for Galchenyuk because now in Minnesota he's going to be a top six guy. Mm -hmm. He He might even be a first line. So Yeah. It's good for Galchenyuk, but the thing is, the guys, since etching a three-year deal with Montreal three years ago or two and a half years ago now, he's played on four different teams. Yeah. And he hasn't fit on any of them. So who knows how it goes with Minnesota. But the first reaction I have from this trade is Minnesota's rolling over and dying because they give up Jason Zucker, who is a top-six winger, to get a worse top-six winger. Kalen Addison in a 2020 first round pick. So my theory was this trade would have gone down if it were just Jason Zucker for Kalen Addison in the 2020 first round pick. The reason that Galchenyuk was thrown in was because he didn't fit in Pittsburgh. There's a possibility he fits in Minnesota. And basically Pittsburgh had to get rid of a forward. They liked their fourth line where it's at right now. Galchenyuk was sort of squeezed in on that third line and didn't work. He was not having a good year at all. So they said, all right, well, we got to get rid of a forward. Why don't you just take Galchenyuk? He's up at the end of the year. It's just a rental. Like, that. basically, 
Minnesota was like doing them a favor, I want to say. It's like that that was just thrown into the deal to help Pittsburgh and not to help Minnesota. See, I think Minnesota won this trade. Yeah. Because they're only five points out of the playoffs. Galchenyuk, let me look at the line, Minnesota lines right now. The reason I'm struggling with that is because of the first-round pick, which are so valuable nowadays. Oh, yeah. But let's see. So they got Galchenyuk on the second line with Zuccarello, and then the first line's Parise, Stahl, and Fiala, which is an insane first line. Mm-hmm. But So a development after this was in the press conference, or maybe just he just held like a – you know, a scrum. Oh, Devin Dubnik still playing hockey. <laughs> oh my god, he's actually playing well. He was, wasn't he up for the Vezina last year? No, or at least he was close. He was a finalist the year Holpe won it, and they were thinking about Robin Holpe and giving it to Dubnik. And I was like, who? <laughs> who is this guy? You remember when Nicholas Backstrom was a goalie for the yeah. Wild, and it was like so confusing forever because he was a stud and our Backstrom's a stud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I was like ten when that was yeah, going that on, was but weird. that was confusing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, that's okay. But, but right now they got so, Zucker on the first line. Yeah, because Gensel's hurt. So we'll, let me get this out. <laughs> the Wild GM said if the if this team, the Wild, shows any more quit, there will be more trades. Which is a wild thing for him to say. Oh. <laughs> Wild thing for wow, him to say. Wow, I didn't even mean to do that. Oh, man. It's a wild thing for the wild GM to say. That's wild. Because they're in a race right now, So, it, which makes me think that what you said, maybe they are high on Galchenyuk. They think he's going to fit, and this is sort of like a statement thing, like let's get something going right now because it has to happen now. But what I really think is – the GM has given up, and he doesn't want to say it. And he's basically, with the prospect that they pick up, the defensive prospect, who's very good, he played in the Canadian for the can- Canadian team in the World Juniors and had nine points in eight games, which is impressive. I think the Wild GM is basically, like, giving up on this season, building for the future, but he doesn't obviously want his team or the media to know that. So he's covering it up as, packaging it as, like a kick in the pants move. I don't know. That's I think my, that's my theory. I think Minnesota can make the playoffs with what they have. I disagree. All right. Well, I think they're done. When they make the playoffs, we'll we'll have this discussion. Jason Zucker is a first line left winger. He's now playing with Sidney Crosby. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me pull up the Minnesota lines. You have them up already. No, I, but I X out of it. Okay. Zach Parise's not better than Jason Zucker. Get out of here. What? I didn't say that. Well, that's what I'm. That's Minnesota's first line left wing. They already had Zach Parise. God. It's not like they got him for this. No, I know, but I'm saying that they already. It's not. You're saying he's a first line winger. Okay. Well, they don't. They didn't need him on the first line in Minnesota. They got Galchenyuk on the second line with Zuccarello. Okay. I, I think get, they're I fine. I think Kalen Addison's going to – I've really never heard of him, but uh, I think he's going to be a nice third-line defenseman, right? Maybe recent – like may, maybe soon, but, like, I think the point of him is he's projected to be a top-pair defenseman. Okay, well, you got Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon. 
and then Jonas Brodeen and Matthew Dumba. Those yeah, are Matt Dumba, yeah. Dumba, whatever. I had a hard time with Brodeen, but... I mean, those aren't slouches either. No, they're not. They're good. They're I, just, I think Minnesota no. can make the playoffs. Okay. We'll see. I'm I, not saying I they're really going to. I, I really don't think they can. I didn't predict them to. Mm. I think they can because okay. they have a good enough lineup and Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach. They're like five, six points out right now, running out of time. If they're going for the playoffs, this was not the move for them. That's my opinion. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. <clears throat> well, they got a first-round pick. Yeah. And they got a, a legit defensive prospect. So say they squeak into the playoffs. Here we go. Then it's the same Columbus thing, I think, where it's like playing with house money. Yeah. And I think they're good enough to do that. Okay. All right. More, back to depressing stuff. Jeremy Roenick will not return to NBC. God, we talked about this when he got suspended, but yeah. you want to elaborate on it? Yeah. So he, he made some objectifying comments about bringing Catherine Tappan up to his room. With his wife. Yeah, him and his wife were on vacation. I think Catherine Tappan was there. Yeah, she was. And he kept telling the front desk clerk, like, when they were all going out to the pool or something, that they had just gotten done doing a three-way or something. Like, just to be weird with the front desk clerk. And then it, like, blew up. And then, to end his comments... Someone asked him about Patrick Sharp, and he was like, yeah, I'd let him join or whatever. (laughs) Saying, like... He's a handsome man if I... Yeah, yeah. he is. Anyway, which he is. Yeah, he is, but... Uh, What it sounds like is there was a lot of dirt on Jeremy Roenick before. Like, NBC was not happy with him for other reasons because he is always pushing the buttons, pushing the envelope, like, crossing the line or going at least right up to it. And NBC had, like, one straw left with him where the next thing he did, he was gone. And it's... From what we know, Patrick Sharp didn't care about the comments at all. Also, I've heard that Jeremy Roenick knows how far to push it with Catherine Tapp and they're good friends, and she was not upset with the comments at all. It's just the fact that he shouldn't have been saying that in a climate like this, and NBC was ready to let him go on his next move. So my theory on this is that everybody is so anti-barstool I think it was the fact that it was the environment. Spitting Chicklets is known for, like, pushing the envelope as well on questions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a boys club locker room. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that everyone's so, the establishment is so anti-Barstool that these comments were made on Barstool and they just took it and ran with it. Yeah. Well, the establishment is anti-Barstool, and we've gotten into this before because... People like ESPN and NHL Network and NBC can't figure out how to get an audience like Barstool gets. Yeah. So they just cancel them. They're like, well, that's like none of nothing they do is credible. Everything they do is inappropriate. Like they're racist, they're sexist. But really, what the thing when is Barstool just, just sold like a third of their share for four hundred yeah, million dollars. They can't get into the space that Barstool is in, so they just decide to attack them rather than try to compete with them. Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, anything people can use against Barstool, they will. That's probably what they're doing again. You mentioned before, when we were talking about this before, that Ronick, like, Barstool could be a spot for him. It doesn't sound like that's the case because Chicklets talked about it again after he got fired and didn't mention anything like that, and I'm sure they'd be the first to know if something like that were in the works. So, 
what I was, my thoughts were, where's he going to go? Because ESPN doesn't cover hockey. Yeah. I mean, we know that. And who's going to take a guy and with NBC, a history like this? Yeah. NBC kind of has a monopoly on hockey as well. Barstool, I feel like Barstool's the perfect place for him. Dave Portnoy, the El Presidente, is kind of a petty guy. Mm-hmm. No, he is a petty guy. Oh, for sure. I could definitely see him like making a big deal about hiring Ronick just to like stick it to NBC. And I think some Ronick lovers, some big fans of Ronick, Ronick would follow suit. Yeah, and just go to Barstool. Yeah, who I knows? think it would be a smart business. I don't know move. where I don't know where he goes after this. What his plan is, but in his video, he was clearly upset. He that said stupid. His comment was, "It's a joke." He's very upset with the decision that NBC made. Uh, but he said, "I'll be back really soon. I have something in the works. Like this isn't the end of me. I'll be back soon." What about coaching? Ooh, <laughs> because if you don't really know who Jeremy Roenick is. He's top three all-time in American scores. Mm-hmm. He helped America win the first w- World Cup of hockey over Canada. He's, I mean, he's a stud, first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's insane. Mm-hmm. I think he would be an electric coach. Agreed. Oh, I got your your gears working. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like... Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's the move. I say we bring him to Clemson. The recruiting would go through the roof. <laughs> <clears throat> Good idea. Jeremy Roenick. Breaking news, Jeremy Roenick, new coach of the Clemson Club hockey team. I'm in. The three ten and five <laughs> Clemson Club hockey team. <laughs> All right. Which by the way play tonight and tomorrow, so tune in. Yeah. Ten o'clock tonight, five fifteen tomorrow on YouTube stream, radio, and then Sunday or Monday. The audio will be synced up with the video, and you can go ahead and watch it. Yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, we'll post the link. Yep. I'll, we'll post it on our individual accounts as well, so be on the lookout for that. But I'll be on the play-by-play. Christian will be on the color. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll A little be nervous, but oh well. We'll yeah, get over it. I'm not. All right. Um, speaking of American it. hockey players, NHL close to sending players to 2022 Olympics. You know a lot more about this than I do, but go ahead. Yeah, so basically when the NHL pulled out of the Olympics in 2018, the uh, International Olympic Committee said, good, we don't want you, you can't play anymore. And now what has happened is that the IOC has reopened its doors based on encouragement from the IIHF, and now the NHL is considering going. There are talks right now between the PA and the NHL on how to handle it. The rumors are which has just come out that in this deal that the NHL would be making with the Olympics to send their guys, it would include the NHL having rights to all, like, Olympic advertising material so, like, they can use their logos, their slogans and everything and advertise the Olympics to get more exposure for their players, which gets more exposure for their teams back home in the NHL which is basically the number one motivation I think for the NHL here is they don't really want to take two weeks off in 2022 to send guys to the Olympics, but they also have a hard time saying no to the amount of exposure their league would get, even if it's not sponsored by them. It's like free marketing. I don't understand. Exactly it like, feels like a no-brainer. We've talked about this at length several times. Right. They go to China every year with 
preseason games, and now they don't even have to pay for it. And their guys are just playing, not to mention, like, the teams that have the NHL players are going to win, are going to play the most games, get the most exposure. Canada, U.S., and Russia are going to have 100%, even Finland, Slovakia, Czech, all those teams are going to have pretty much full NHL participation, like every guy in their roster would be from the league, which is free money. Yeah. Because guys are going to want to see Connor McDavid and buy a Connor McDavid Oilers jersey because he looks so good. In the Even league. if you're from China. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep, who knows? No brainer. Yep. Where is the – is it in China? Beijing, yeah. Oh. Better, uh, better fix that coronavirus yeah, issue <laughs> before then. Yeah. Yeah, because remember, I would say bring it here, but 2026 is here, right? Is it? 2028. You remember because Trump like tweeted a big thing about well, it. Well, the World Cup is in North America this summer, I think. What? I think the World Cup is in America this summer. I could be wrong. The World Cup is in not North this America. Summer. Okay, when is it? The next one is here. 2026 is when it is because 2022 is in Qatar. 2028. In LA, okay. So we got the World Cup in 2026. That's right. Boston was in the bid for that. World Cup 2026, Olympics 2028. <sighs> Donald Trump Jr. will be president. <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> no, he won't. But it's funny. The only reason I say that I'm not taking a political stance. The only reason I say that is because I saw a thing on Twitter and it said Trump Trump got impeached by the House but not by the Senate. So like, there's a bylaw that says the first uh, term is like null and void so he tweeted like Trump 2024 yeah which is a joke because that is not true not gonna happen well that's also not true yeah it's not true either and then like he said that Donald Trump by then Donald Trump Jr. will take over (laughs) in 2028 so whatever yeah this isn't a politics show and I'm not trying to make it one NHL Super 16 yeah, let's do it. All right. 2022. Get it done. Now, I'm saying I'm going to the next I know. segue. Okay. I know. I'm wrapping up. Oh. They got to decide by this August, but they got to get it done. I think it's a no-brainer. Basically, the sentiment is right now most people think it's going to happen given the new development. Oh, so hopefully please. That's th- oh, my God. Because I can't believe that the NHL wasn't at the Olympics in 2018. It, it was, was literally we got smacked. hockey. Hockey was the worst event by far. It's it's always the best event. How about U.S. stepping up and taking the curling gold medal? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Beat Canada. Beat Sweden. I stayed up till like six a.m. Watch that. Me they and Will were representing the entire NHL American coalition by winning the ice. It was awesome because curling actually is a lot. They started at like four thirty in the morning. Gold medal game. Me and Will are in Myrtle Beach watching it and. We're like, we have no idea what is going on. And then by the fifth, they call it like ends, like innings. They call it ends. So by the fifth end, we were like, all right, baby, we're the hammer. We got it. We were like talking strategy. It was awesome. Yeah. No, curling's hilarious. Curling's electric. It is. There are curling clubs, like a lot of them around here. There's one at the pavilion. Yeah. We got to go. Why don't we just play hockey? No. Okay, curling it is. Curling we're is starting a, a curling far, show. Curling's a far... Yeah, we're, why are we even talking hockey? Curling's a far better sport. It is. Way better athletes. U.S. is better. Yeah. I mean, we're the world champions. Yeah. So. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do the top... 
let's just skip yeah, that because yeah, that was ESI. like a week and a half ago. Okay. From the eighth position on, and we're going to talk about each of these teams and what they need going forward at the deadline to make a pl- playoff push. Yeah, so we're doing top eight mm-hmm. backwards, uh, and then if they need anything at the deadline, stuff like that. Starting at number eight, Islanders, Hurricanes, Avalanche, Penguins, Blues, Capitals, Bruins, Lightning. And this came out yesterday. Yes. So. All right, let's talk about the Islanders. They need forward depth. Yeah, that's their number one need right now. Uh. They're deep. What the? Heck you got just it up right on? now. A huge ad just popped up. <laughs> yeah, I need ad blocker on here. Their D is fine. Yeah, their D are very good. Nick Letty, Stanley Cup champion with mm-hmm. the Blackhawks. Uh, Polak, Boychuk, Scott Mayfield. I mean, they just need. And they just need some their top depth. six are also very good. Like, how do you say it, Bellevue? Uh, no, it's uh, Bavillier. Bavillier. Wow. That was like, close. It yeah, had you... to come to me because it's so early in the morning for me. <laughs> Bavillier's good. Josh Bailey's good. Brock, Helson, Brock Nelson, American hero. That's what <laughs> that's what people call him. So the the issue is we all thought, I mean, Anders Lee, the captain. Yeah. Uh, historically, he's been their best player. He hasn't really shown up this year. Barzell's kind of taken the lead. He mm-hmm. was an all-star. Jordan Aberlee's a stud. They're that, just not that second line buzzes. Yeah, they're just not. I mean, they're a good team. They're probably going to make the playoffs, but if they're going to make a push for the cup, they just need to get better. They need to buy more goals. Basically, they need secondary thing. scoring for they, sure. I mean, everybody does. But their D and goalie goaltending is very good. They don't let up a lot of goals, but they also don't score a lot of goals. I think they're like a plus ten. I mean, Barry Trotz is a defensive coach, mm-hmm. right? And that's why when he was with the Capitals, it worked so well because our offense is so high powered. Mm-hmm. And then the defense, like he, him, and Todd Reardon, kind of fixed the defense together. Right. right. When he was when he was in Washington, he knew the scoring was going to come. And this is like a, a balancing act he's playing here, where he doesn't know the scoring is going to come because they don't have a high powered yeah. offense. So, so I'm not saying go out and get Sidney Crosby, but some some scoring. Well. Don't get him wrong. If you can go get Sidney Crosby, <laughs> you should do it. But. Yeah. Anyway. But, but yeah, just Bavillier, third, line, third line center, something like that, who can score goals. Matt Martin is on the fourth line only because he has four out of the top five NHL records for hits in a season. Yeah. And I think he's sixth all time. He's top five all time in mm-hmm. career hits. Ovi's two. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin's second all time. Well, he's a beast in those corners. So, yeah, secondary scoring faux show. I also want to talk about Anthony Bavillier hitting up Anna Kendrick on Twitter. Yeah. Anna Kendrick, if you're listening, date this man, please. Yeah, there's a high likelihood you're listening to this episode. So if you are, which you probably are, go check your Twitter because Bavillier is tweeting up a storm about you. Yeah, give, he tweeted give him like. A shot. Give he him a t- shot. He tweeted like, hello, at Anna Kendrick. And then Anna <laughs> Kendrick was like, hi. And then, like, everybody in the comments is like, please, Bavillier. Yeah, she's probably like, who is this? Like, does this kid trying to ask me to prom? Is he a junior in high school? <laughs> What's going on? Well, look. Uh, Hillary Duff's married to a hockey player. Carrie Underwood's married to a hockey player. I mean, hockey players are the best, dude. Hockey players are the best. All right. There's our case for Bavillier. But for the Islanders as a whole, let's get some forward depth. Yeah. Next. Carolina Hurricanes. 
Uh, Dougie Hamilton's out for the year with a broken leg. Basically, their mission is to replace Dougie Hamilton. They're, My leg? They're playing pretty well without him, and their decor is actually pretty good. But in whatever way they can, they have to create the offense that they lose with Dougie Hamilton. It's basically the same situation as the Islanders. They just need to score more goals. they got to buy more goals at the deadline. Yeah. So that's their mission. I don't know if they get another defenseman or if, if it comes in the by way of forward, but... They're just not getting it done on the offensive side of the puck. So, yeah, they do. I think they should go defenseman because Trevor Van Riemsdyk, heck of a D man, but he's not a number one, number two guy, Probably right? Not, yeah. And he's on the first defensive pairing right now. So I say they go out. They got a little bit of room in the cap. Why not? Right. PK Subban. Gosh, <laughs> I would love that. Go ahead and do it. All right. They went out and got Justin Williams, so they have that experience. That's not. That's not their need. We're going to talk about experience next. Playoff experience, Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, that's what they yeah, need. Yeah, why don't we just get into it? I'm okay. done. All I'm right. done with the Hurricanes. Um, Joe Thornton. Enough yeah. said. Yeah, Joe Thornton or David Backus. Ew, that would be a good pickup. They Come don't on. want his contract. Yes, they, get out of here. He's physical. He can still play. He can put the puck in the net. He can bang on the fourth line, and that would be very beneficial for them to throw a winger on the fourth line who has been to cup finals before can has a bunch of experience has a lot of respect around the league and can still hold his own so which is basically the reason you would get joe thornton i think in this situation they're similar pickups so yeah they they have a freaking all-star team first of all their first line is the second best first line in hockey Andre Barkovsky, I am so happy for him. Former cap, playing on the first line. He had a goal and an assist last night against the Capitals. He's playing with McKinnon and Rantanen. What was the final there? 3-2. We scored two late goals. Oshie tie, or, uh, Wilson tied it. Oshie deflected a shot from Nick Jensen. There you go. With like two minutes left. Anyway. That's a good one for the Cavs to get back on yeah. track. Yeah. Ovi was super happy about it. Good. Anyway. Got off track, but yeah, they got they got insane forwards. Mm-hmm. They got insane D with Kale McCarr back there, Eric Johnson back there, Ian Coles on their third defensive pairing. Uh, Zadorov is no slouch either. So I think they just need playoff experience. All these guys are young. I agree. They yeah, they're all in they kind of went on a run last year. They beat the number one seed in Calgary, but I think that. Been there, done that mentality. Uh, that'd be big. That would be huge in the locker room. So, so Joe Thorne will be awesome. Yeah. I just want to see Joe Thorne get traded and get his shot at. A We're going to talk about Joe Thorne later. Yes, I are. promise you. All right, next All right, number five, the Penguins. Yep, Pittsburgh. We we got into this a little bit before. Uh, we talked about needing like a third pairing defenseman, and that's basically where we stand. That that's. At least that's what I think they need. They just need depth all around because mm-hmm. everybody's injured all the time for this team. There's n- There hasn't been a game all season where everybody's been healthy. And they got Lafferty Daniel here on the fourth line. <laughs> that's a Happy Gilmore reference. Now they got Sam Lafferty on the fourth line. Never heard of him. He was in Happy Gilmore. They need, uh, they need depth. Yep. I mean, this guy, Teddy Bluger, he's not even ranked on the... <laughs> Uh, dailyfaceoff.com. They don't even know who he is. Yeah. We're going to talk about this later where, like, 
basically getting a deadline pickup that's already rostered on your team. Jake Gensel's probably close to getting back. He was out five to seven weeks, I think, and that, that was, was like probably five about weeks ago. five to seven weeks ago. Yeah. So he's soon to come back, which is, I mean, he's their first line left winger when, when everything's there. Who he's knows? the future of this team. He might play with Malkin and Russ now that they got Zucker. Jason Zucker yeah. up there on the first line. I would assume that I'm blanking on the coach's name, Mike Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Mike Sullivan is open to anything in that case. Do they move Gensel to right wing first line? Because Dominic Simon. Yeah, they're going to try whatever. That's probably what's going to happen. That would be insane. Or maybe they move Rust up to the first line and they have Malcolm play with uh, Gensel in the second. But either way, I think Mike Sullivan's ready to see how Zucker goes. And just when Jake Gensel comes back, they plug him in wherever wherever they can. It's going to work. They just need a little bit more depth. Uh Guys that can handle the puck and aren't liabilities. Yeah, I mean, their top six is fine. They don't need any studs, right? Yep, they just need a guy probably they just need on the healthy bodies. That's, <laughs> That's all they need. It. They need a guy who they can throw on the uh, ice who's not going to cost them a game. Yes. Uh, St. Louis Blues. Number uh, four, St. Louis Blues. So Tarasenko had shoulder shirt. Wow. Shoulder shirt. Shoulder surgery. There you go. And they said he was going to be out for the season. Now there's rumors that he's going to come back for the playoffs, which they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But Sometime in March is when he's rumored to come back. They need a top six forward. Right. So because if they know it's going to come in him, then they can probably stay dormant at the deadline. Yep. If they know it's not going to come in him, they have to go out and get a stud, basically. Yeah. Because Zach, Zach Sanford is not getting it done. Watch your mouth. Sorry. Former cap. Sorry, and Alex Steen really doesn't belong. What's actually funny is Sanford, we sent Sanford to the Blues for Oshie. So. How'd that work out, Blues? Uh, they just won a cup. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but I agree with you. I think if they if they already, if it's signed, sealed, deliver that Tarasenko's going to be back for the playoffs, leave it be. Yeah, they're good. But Their decor is very good. They're going to have to be like, all right, Give it to me straight. What's well, the deal? here's the thing. Now with Bo Meester out, do you have to go out and get a defenseman? That's another question we didn't factor in. I think their D's fine. I really do. Gunnarsson, Petrangelo, Pareko, the... Falk, Vince Dunn, Bortuzzo. So what? all those guys played in the cup last year yeah. and were good. So Except yeah. for Vince Dunn. That's that's the name that jumps out at me. But he's got a good rating on no, whatever he, website. He did is. play. <laughs> Bo Meester was in for Falk. So Oh, Falk was a Falk was on Carolina. Yeah, he was a hurricane. Yeah. So all these guys played. That's and Falk right. is a That's stud. That's right. Yeah, they're Falk fine. is a st- yeah, I think they're good on D. They're fine. Honestly, I think they are. I think they're good either way. But um I mean But they could use the top six toward to add some score. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They've kind of been looking for that all year. They're best players on the <laughs> on the IR, so Yeah, top six forward. Blues, if you're listening, there you go. Yeah. There's your key to going back to You're welcome. Number three, Washington Capitals. You put defense with a million exclamation points. D, D, defense. So give me the guys that you don't like. Nick Jensen, although he played pretty well last night, but one game isn't going to do it for me. i not a fan of Orloff, but we're going to keep him. But your dad is. And my dad loves him. My dad would not. He would not re-up his season ticket every if time, we traded Every Dimitri. time Orlov touches the puck, you're like, my dad loves that guy. <laughs> but I hate him. He, like, turned it over. This is the pettiness in me. 
<laughs> I was five rows from the ice. So Orlov could hear me. He turns over the puck at the blue line. I start cheering. I'm like, yeah, Orlov, so great. <laughs> My dad's like, you know we're, we're rooting for the same team, right? Then I was like, yeah, you're right. But I just think he's a forward that they put back in D. Really? He, he could be a fourth-line winger. <laughs> anyway. Like Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, get rid of Nick Jensen. Uh, I think Siegenthaler's can hold his own. I think he, we actually just, no, for for Harvey, we pulled him up from Hershey uh, when Siegenthaler was going through something. I don't know what it was, but I think Nick Jensen or Siegenthaler we could probably trade for. But other than that, I mean, our D just needs to get better as a whole. Reardon used to be a defensive assistant, so he, he I think he knows how to fix the problem. Yeah. So it's not like we have to go out and be aggressive at the deadline for defense. I just think our defense needs to get better. It's also not a problem right now. It's just something that you could improve on. No, it's kind of a problem. Okay. They're leaving. I mean, Oshie even said it at a press conference. He's like, I feel so bad for Holpe because everyone's screaming trade Holpe. And he's not the problem right now. He was earlier in the season. I I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't want to trade him, but I entertained the idea mm-hmm. that if we were if we wanted to go with Samson off in the playoffs, I wouldn't be mad and at And I him. essentially cussed you out on this podcast. Oh, and you changed my mind. But that would be insane. Because we saw the same thing in 18 when the Capitals won the Cup. Grubauer was playing better than Holpe. We went with yeah. him to start, and he was like, wait, what are the playoffs? And he lost the first two games in Washington. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I, like I said, I don't think we need to be aggressive. I think it's just a matter of getting better. Uh, and if we wanted to make some trades on the D, Nick Jensen or Siegenthaler would be the ones to Yeah, go. just to get a bottom four. Yeah. Like, solid guy. So, call up Pittsburgh. There you go. All right, number two, the Boston Bruins. Go ahead. It's the second line right wing carousel, and it's going to continue for the next 50 years if we don't get something done. David Krejci, for whatever reason, can't find a guy that can play well with him on the right side. And it's it's been the case at least since Jake DeBrus has come into the league and has fit in on that second line. The two actually work really well together. So that's not really what I'm worried about. You know it's, who I think would fit well? Who's that? Joe Tyler Toffoli. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Are you guys going to go out and get him? The rumor is that Don Sweeney has a deal for him like lined up in that at any moment he can call up the GM of LA and said let's do it and it'll be done to send whoever hopefully David Backus to to free up some cap to LA to get Tyler Toffoli the thing is I think that he's like our second choice right now we really want to get Chris Kreider that would be insane and Chris Kreider is like a guy who could really stretch out the defense on that and give Jake DeBrusque and David Krejci space because he can move so well. He almost won the fastest skater because he can buzz. The guy can he's got wheels. We think it's so weird because he's been a target at the deadline for like the last three years and it just hasn't really happened. But I think it would work. The other guy that people are throwing out right now is Joe Thornton, which we talked about before, which that would be an incredible story. I don't really know how well he would fit, especially on the second line. It would just be the same problem presenting itself where, like, Anders Bjork or Carson, Carson Kuhlman has to play on that second line, which are both guys who can who can skate. So that's it seems like that's what Bruce Cassidy and Don Sweeney want, is a guy who can move to play on that wing, who can get into the corner quick. 
and be the first guy on the puck when you dump it in. I think Joe Thornton to the Bruins. Yeah, which oh, Joe Thornton, that's, he's not your guy if you're looking for speed. But it would be cool if, if he, he wins the cup the third and wins the cup in the in a Bruins uniform, he'd have to retire, and that would yeah, that would be one of the greatest stories <laughs> yeah, in hockey history. It feels like the Bruins did him so dirty. <laughs> it's like I would feel bad taking him back, being like Joe Thornton family. It's like, well, you kind of like traded him off for nothing. Yeah. All right. So Tyler Toffoli or Chris Kreider? I think if you guys get Chris Kreider, it might be. That's wraps. Well, Se- season over. I think a team might have to say something about that, and that's the number one team in the league. The Tampa the Bay Lightning. Yeah. Well, well, keep in mind the Bruins. The hottest more, team in the league. They still have more points. Than so, them. what do the Lightning need to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They've won nine in a row. And Stamkos is hurt. Yeah, when they get Stamkos back, it is a wrap. Yeah. This team is insane. Yeah, they don't need anything. It's just, At the beginning of the year, you would have said, like, they need to restart. But at this point, they... They're playing so well, like you don't mess with it, and they're not. I don't think they're going to. I think they stay completely dormant. I think they win the president's trophy. Yeah, that's not a bad bet at this point. Gosh, all right, that's all we got today. No, yeah. that was good. Do you think the Lightning can win the cup? Yeah, I mean, obviously they can. Do you think it's like a real possibility? Because last year is putting like doubt in the hearts of I all know, hockey fans. Me too. I don't know. I mean, they're the most talented team in the league. We've said this a million times. Mm-hmm. On paper, I honestly don't even think it's close. Yeah. Like, the fact that Pat Maroon's on their fourth line is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, he's not that good. He was a stud in the playoffs last year. Yeah. I'm just saying. You have a Stanley Cup champion that you went out and got, and he took a hometown discount to play for Tampa, and he's on your fourth line. Mm-hmm. They're just so insane. I know. Right. Yeah, they're they're a threat for sure. CU Tiger Vision on Facebook and YouTube. Check it out tonight, 10 p.m. puck drop. Me and Christian will have the call live radio. Followed Saturday by live radio 5:15, same place, and we'll get the video up Sunday or Monday. Anything all right. else? That's all I got. Check us out. We'll post the links on our Twitter, and if you got anything, or if you just hated the show or you have comments or whatever, tag us on Twitter. Yeah, at Good Gold Podcast. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week.